Blackboard Football Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Blackboard Football Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Merriam. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Normally, we won't do an episode this fast after another one. Usually, we'll give it about a full week. But with the upcoming college football rankings show tomorrow, we wanted to make sure we got a chance to kind of get some predictions out there before the rankings go. But moving forward, we'll wait until the rankings are out to do a reaction and kind of base some stuff off of those. But with that being said, let's go ahead and let's get into it. We're going to go ahead and start. We talked last week about our power rankings. Let's talk about how much they have changed. Top four staying put. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Notre Dame. Number three, Clemson. Number four, Florida. Bama was obviously very impressive against Kentucky. Uh, Notre Dame and Clemson had this week off. Clemson was supposed to play Florida State, but they had the game canceled due to COVID. Um, Florida started off slow versus Vanderbilt this week without Kyle Pitts, but they ended up uh, doing really well to finish, put on a strong performance. So I got my top four staying put. Number five, Ohio State, going to stay put as well. Could have had a chance to hop Florida this week, but they were not impressive against Indiana this week. Their secondary got torched. They looked pathetic, and it, it was a top 10 win, but a lot of idle teams, a lot of strong performances from other top 10 teams just wasn't enough to bump them ahead of Florida right now. Justin Fields, not impressive this year. Three interceptions in this game against IU is as many as he's thrown in the rest of his career. So it just wasn't enough for me to bump them ahead of Florida. And don't take this as me saying that Ohio State's a bad team. They're still a great team. They still have a great offense. They still have a pretty solid defense. They've got questions in their secondary and Fields not being as impressive this year. Who does raise some question marks. Uh, but he's still been impressive this year, just not what he was last season. Not enough to put them in my top four yet. Texas A&M staying put at number six. No game this week. Um, hopefully getting back at it next week. I believe they play LSU. Number seven, BYU. Again, uh, best group of five teams still, in my opinion. They've got a Heisman contending quarterback, Zach Wilson, just still playing fantastic, dominating opponents. Um, one thing to note, they are off. They do not play again until December 12th. So they're probably going to stay put, might drop one spot. They're probably going to stay in my top 10 of the power rankings until that point though. Uh, so that's one thing to keep an eye on as well. Uh, they were real impressive this week. They covered a 50 and a half point spread. They beat North Alabama. They were favored by 50 and a half and they covered, uh, that's something that you do not see a lot of teams do. So that's real impressive. Number eight, Cincinnati. Uh, a great hard-fought win over UCF. I was waiting for a team to really give them a test this year to see how dominant they were. UCF was probably the best team on their schedule this year. They played real impressive. They got a they got a solid dub. So Cincinnati gained some respect in my eyes. I bumped them up to number eight this week. Number nine, Oregon Ducks, same spot as last week. Obviously, they got hopped by Cincinnati. Showed some weakness versus UCLA. Still an elite team. Easily still the best team in Pac-12. 
but I'm going to have to say I do believe that they're going to be a team that's probably going to be on the outside looking in, even with an undefeated conference championship season. Just not a strong enough resume, not looking strong enough to go ahead of any of these teams ahead of them, even the group of five teams with Cincinnati and BYU. Both of them have just been so impressive this year. I can't put Oregon in front of them right now. And number 10, the newcomer to the list, the Northwestern Wildcats with a strong win over Wisconsin. I know it wasn't that close, or I know it wasn't, I know it was pretty close, not that it was a blowout or anything, uh, but it was a very good win. It was a huge win for the program. Coach Fitzgerald uh, taking a huge win. Uh, he's one of the coaches that could make the jump to NFL this off or this coming season. Absolutely, this was a huge win for him, huge win for this team. They control their or their own destiny now going towards the Big Ten Championship game. I think we're on a collision course for a Ohio State-Northwestern Big Ten Championship game. Probably both teams being undefeated winner going to the college football playoff. Last week, we talked Heisman contenders, too. We're going to go ahead and get into that. Not much change. Uh, Kyle Trask, still our favorite. First SEC quarterback ever with six consecutive four-plus touchdown games. That streak has finally ended. SEC record 18 touchdowns in the first four games. Through seven games, 31 touchdowns. This is second all-time in FBS. Tied for second all-time in FBS. Only three interceptions, 2,554 yards with a 70.7 completion percentage. And the last two games, his completion percentage has gone up. His touchdowns have gone up and no interceptions, and he's still missing his best offensive weapon. And for those of you that still aren't necessarily sold on Kyle Trask as being the front runner for the Heisman, Joe Burrow last year threw seven games. 29 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, 2,484 yards, 79.3% completion percentage. The only stat that is better for Joe Burrow through 7 games last year than for Kyle Trask this year is Joe Burrow had a higher completion percentage. Joe Burrow had record-breaking seasons last year, arguably put up the greatest statistical season by any quarterback in college football history, and Kyle Trask won't get to play 15 games. But... For every mark that Burrow was at for every game, Trask has passed it. We have the numbers side by side. Trask statistically this year is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow was last year. Slightly less accurate, but a much better quarterback. More yards, more touchdowns, same amount of interceptions. So that's why we have him as our front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Zach Wilson threw nine games, 26 touchdowns, tied for second in college football. Two interceptions, 2,426 yards. 74.3% completion percentage, BYU 9-0. The team looks impressive. He looks impressive. His deep ball is incredible. But being with BYU doesn't get the national attention. He deserves absolutely a top-five quarterback in college football this year. Absolutely a highest contender. Mac Jones just continues to improve his case as well, especially after this Kentucky game. Uh, up to 18 touchdowns now. Did throw an interception, so he's got three now tied with Kyle Trask. Uh, 2,196 yards, 77.1 completion percentage. Uh, that 77.1% completion percentage is the best among quarterbacks that we have in our consideration for the Heisman Trophy in our list and with a lot of the national polls as well. Trevor Lawrence, six games played still. His stats haven't really changed. Um, his chance to win the Heisman has not gone down at all, obviously. And obviously his stats have not changed as well, so we're not really going to talk about that much too much. Our newcomer to the list, we took Justin Fields off the list after just a poor performance against IU. Uh, tying the amount of interceptions he had all of last season against IU in one game this year, he's just not been the same quarterback he was last year. He's still been elite. He's still been electrifying, but he's not been the same. So we, we knocked him down. 
We're going to let him uh, be off the Heisman list this week. Dylan Gabriel from UCF climbs into number five, leads the FBS with 3,017 yards. Eight games, 26 touchdowns, tied for second in FBS with Zach Wilson, only behind Kyle Trask. Three interceptions, same as Kyle Trask. 3,017 yards and a 61.7 completion percentage. After losing a elite receiver last year like Gabe Davis, too, and still putting up impressive numbers like that, leading FBS in passing yards, Dylan Gabriel absolutely has climbed his way onto our Heisman watch. Speaking of all these quarterbacks, especially with the news of Joe Burrow going down this year, we wish him a speedy recovery, by the way. And, you know, the Jets now being mathematically eliminated for playoff contention. Uh, there's going to be talk about who the first round quarterbacks are in this 2021 NFL draft, who's the number one quarterback in the class. So we're going to go ahead and break down some of those. Uh, we've got six quarterbacks that really could be first round picks. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask, and then these two have to declare. But if they do declare, they'll probably be first round picks, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Uh, Trevor Lawrence needs no introduction, probably going to be the number one pick overall in the draft. Justin Fields, obviously still an impressive playmaker, still an elite playmaker, but not doing what he was doing last year, could fall and could end up not being the second quarterback off the board now. And a lot of people had this debate where he could end up being the first quarterback off the board. But with the stats he has, only 1,200 yards through four games, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, only 135 rushing yards this year um, compared to what he did on his feet last year. Um, the only thing he's got going for him really this year is a 79.6 completion percentage. Um, still a really high completion percentage, higher than Mac Jones. Would be the highest on our Heisen watch if he was there, but obviously we don't have him there right now. I still think he'll be the second quarterback, but obviously, like I said, he has not been as impressive this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to him. Plus another thing to keep in mind. People had the debate of if he could go over Trevor Lawrence. But let's take a look at the two most successful Ohio State quarterbacks in NFL careers. Number one was Tom Tupa. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Wasn't he a punter in the NFL? He was. He played quarterback at Ohio State, was a very productive quarterback at Ohio State, but was a very successful punter in the NFL. Didn't play much as a quarterback. The next most impressive Ohio State quarterback in the NFL was Braxton Miller, who was not impressive as a quarterback. He's been impressive as a receiver and is not even on a team right now. We can all agree that Dwayne Haskins' project has been a failure. Ohio State runs a quarterback-friendly offense in college football that sets quarterbacks up to put up good stats, to get drafted high, to put up strong performances, but they are asked to do different things in college than they will be asked to do in the NFL, and their game does not translate well. It's similar to Alabama. Alabama does not have a great quarterback, not since Joe Namath. A.J. McCarron is probably the most successful Alabama quarterback since Joe Namath, and he's a backup. Tua, we have to wait and see. I think he'll end up being probably the most successful Alabama quarterback of all time. If not, it'll be Joe Namath, but he'll be close. But Tua does not have a lot of competition for who else is a great Alabama quarterback. It's a very similar situation. And you have to take that in mind too. So in my personal opinion, with the lackluster season that Justin Fields has had this far and the success rate of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL, I'm not saying don't take Justin Fields in the first round. I'm just saying I wouldn't take him over Trevor Lawrence. But here's where the debate gets a little bit fun. Let's talk about the third quarterback. I'm going to say Kyle Trask here. A lot of experts will tell you Trey Lance from North Dakota State. 
I think Trask has played so well this season, has answered all the questions that had, he they had about him, and has a tremendous upside, having not started a game his whole career, counting high school, until last season. He still has a lot that's raw and untapped potential that a quarterback coach is going to love being able to help work with and tweak and make some adjustments and really get him to step his game up. I think he's got tremendous upside. I think he's going to go ahead of Trey Lance just because of what he's done this season. But Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, also an impressive quarterback. Kind of a Justin Fields type player, a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. Not as good an arm, but maybe a little bit more athletic. I think Trey Lance will probably be fourth, Zach Wilson fifth, and then Mac Jones sixth if they declare. But that's going to be the key, the key thing. Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, both juniors. Um, so they'll have the option to come back next season if they want to. I think Mac Jones has a pretty decent chance of coming back. Although Alabama did get that real impressive freshman this year that they're waiting to play. I think Mac Jones still will go back, especially just with how little experience he has as a starter, having been on the bench behind Tua. I think he's going to go back try to get one more year under his belt, especially since this has been a short season, will be a short season because of the COVID-19 restrictions on scheduling for the SEC. Uh, I think he'll go back. Zach Wilson, his stock is as high as it's going to get, especially if when BYU comes back and then when BYU plays in whatever bowl game they end up in, whether it be they somehow squeak their way into the college football playoff or if they're just in a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, BYU, if Zach Wilson continues to play well, his stock will not get any higher. He's absolutely going to leave. Um, so I've got him probably being the fifth quarterback off the board, but still a first-round pick this year, especially in a quarterback-needy year, too. Uh, the Jets probably going to look at a different quarterback. New England probably going to be looking for a quarterback. Some teams with older guys. Pittsburgh could start looking at a quarterback for the future. New Orleans could start looking at a quarterback for the future. Atlanta could start looking for a quarterback for the future. Jacksonville still trying to decide if Gardner Minshew is their guy or not. So obviously there's teams that need quarterbacks this year, and with the elite talent at the position this year, I would not be surprised if six quarterbacks go in the first round. All right, and last but not least, let's go ahead and get into it. Who are still in legit playoff contention? Our teams haven't really changed. We think the Big 12 now is completely out of contention with after Oklahoma State had the big loss to Oklahoma. I think the Big 12, every team has two losses now. They've just all played themselves out of this year, I think the Pac-12 is kind of in the same boat. Um, USC last week, we talked about them a little bit, but they continue to struggle at the start of every game and then find a way to win. Uh, and Oregon struggled against a lackluster UCLA team this week. Um, they're still the best team in the Pac-12, and they're still probably going to go undefeated. But with questions like that, with teams like Alabama, Florida, Ohio State, Northwestern, Notre Dame, Clemson, where probably only three of those six teams will finish with one loss, and then Texas A&M, who will probably finish with one loss and not even get a chance to go to a conference championship game. I think Oregon's got a really big uphill battle, and that doesn't even count BYU and Cincinnati, who both will probably go undefeated. Both probably be Group of Five champions, BYU independent, so they won't be a Group of Five champion. But they're both going to be undefeated. They're both going to be Group of Five teams that both actually have a decent chance at making the college football playoff this year. Especially... With the teams that I said before, if they start beating each other, start knocking each other out. Um, the SEC still has three teams in play, Alabama, Texas A&M, Florida. Uh, Florida has to win the SEC to be in. If not, they'll be a two-loss team. Texas A&M would be really helpful for them if Alabama lost two games. They got to play in the conference championship game. 
Um, but they're probably looking at a one-loss regular season with no conference title game. Alabama probably going into the SEC title game undefeated. Ohio State Northwestern, we touched on that a little bit earlier. They're both on a collision course, both control their own destinies, both probably going to go undefeated in the regular season meet in the Big Ten Championship game. That's going to be a winner-is-in game. And depending on what happens, especially if Northwestern ends up beating Ohio State in that game, the other team, especially in this scenario, Ohio State being the loser, has a chance at making it in the playoffs still. Another reason why a team like Oregon or USC who still technically I can say is in contention, both being undefeated, uh, really are going to be struggling to get in. Uh, But BYU-Cincinnati also, Notre Dame-Clemson looking to play each other in the ACC championship game. Most likely Clemson going to be one loss, Notre Dame undefeated. Going to get the rematch with Trevor Lawrence this time. Another going to be win in your end game, depending on who wins. If Clemson wins, Notre Dame's probably still in. If Notre Dame wins... Clemson having two losses, both to Notre Dame, especially having one of them with Trevor Lawrence, one of them without, I'm not sure they're still in. Um, But this game's going to be really interesting. It looks like this is what's probably going to happen in the ACC. But those are really the only teams left in contention. Uh, We talked about we wanted to get this show out before the college football playoff committee announces their rankings. So we're going to predict their top six before we go. Um, This is not our top six. This is what we think they will do top six and you're going to hear a couple differences in what we have um our top six first we'll give it to you guys would be number one alabama number two notre dame number three clemson number four florida number five ohio state number six texas a&m what we think the college football playoff committee is going to do the first two teams out for the college football playoff committee will probably be at number six the cincinnati bearcats and at number five the florida gators And their playoff games will be the number one Alabama Crimson Tide versus the number four Ohio State Buckeyes and the number two Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus the number three Clemson Tigers. That's what I see the college football playoff committee doing. We're going to find out on Tuesday. And of course, after the second college football committee rankings, we'll be back. We'll be able to react to what we what they did versus what we have and kind of see how we think the college football season is shaping up from there. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. And like I said, we will be back next week after the college football playoff rankings. Have a good one. Thank you, guys.